do people look funny? You said so they looked funny. Do they look funny when they wear masks? Yeah, because they look like they have no mouth. Like they have no mouth. It's actually really weird when somebody's not wearing a mask. Right. Because you, you see their mouth. So you, <laughs> you can see their mouth, that's right. Hello and welcome once again to Jumping Off the Ivory Tower with Prof. Julie Mack. My name is Dana Cornwall and I'm the project manager at the National Self-Represented Litigants Project. And I'm Julie McFarlane, otherwise known as Prof. Julie Mack, the director of the National Self-Represented Litigants Project. And this is our final episode of the season. Can you believe it, Julie? No. Final episode of season six. We're very proud of this season. Anything you've missed, go back and listen. Yes, absolutely. And to facilitate that, um, if you listen on SoundCloud, you'll see I always put all of our uh, episodes from each season into a playlist. So soon there will be a season six playlist and you can catch up on all the episodes you missed or re-listen to your favorites, which, you know, why not? And I will note this is our 74th episode ever, which means season seven, which will probably launch in January of 2022. Our first episode back will be our 75th episode. So Julie, we'll have to do something Amazing. pretty spectacular. Yes. We'll have to think. We'll of, have to come up think, with something about really that. good for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but before then, I would also, as always, encourage you to please stick around and listen uh, through the full episode to In Other News at the end, because we have once again very special guest Jordan Furlong is back with some really great news pieces to wrap up this season of Jumping Off the Ivory Tower. So please stick around. Um, Jordan always has such a great take on access to justice news and there's plenty of it around at the moment Mm -hmm. so today's episode is a little different um our finale uh i decided a couple of months ago now Mm -hmm. that i was really really missing uh the company of um, my younger friends who (laughs) i usually like to hang out with quite a lot um and these friends are, you know, between the ages of four and 10. Um, <laughs> quite I a happen- bit younger. Yeah, <laughs> quite a bit younger. And uh, I just missed chatting with them mm. and, and being able to hang out with them. So I have recorded some conversations with these kids, my favorite kids, about what it's like to be a kid in the pandemic. Everything from what do you think about those darn masks to how is it learning online when you can just flip the screen to watch a movie if nobody's watching you? So what you're gonna hear are some extremely candid kid reflections in the first place by Quinlan, age 10, Ryan, aged eight, Wyatt, aged six, Ava, aged four, Jenna, aged eight, Izo, Ezzedine, aged nine, and their little sister, Emma, who did try to get in on the act a few times. And finally, a conversation that I had with Uma, who provides a more mature, uh, reflective position. He's a 12-year-old and has a different take, perhaps, on the longer-term impact of pandemic on friendships and social interactions and so forth. And we asked a very good friend of the NSRLP, advisory board member Jennifer Muller from Vancouver, British Columbia, to come and talk on the intro with Dana and I, because Jennifer, when she's not being an advocate 
for Access to Justice is a schools counselor. And we thought that Jennifer would have some really interesting reflections on what she's seen in the school population and on what our wonderful kid guests talk about today. So enjoy. There were some initial questions and some confusion about what we were doing. Are we going on the news? Not on the news, and nobody will see you, but people will listen to you. How many people watch it? How many people watch it? Okay. Um, well, they don't actually watch it. They just <laughs> listen to it because it's a listening thing. But sometimes about a thousand. People do. Really? Yeah. Wow. And I mean, if you're going to be on it, Jenna, then I expect that we'll break all records. Can they see me? No, they can't yeah. see you. They can just hear your voice. And so you've got to make sure you speak really nice and clear so everybody can hear the important things that you say. And I like your voice. You like Julie's voice? Yeah. yeah. I like my voice. Oh, it's, it's a bit funny sounding, isn't it? because I've got this accent from another place. We then moved on to introductions, or at least we tried to. My name is Quinlan Lombardi and I'm in fifth grade. I'm seven and I am in grade two. And you are Ryan Bombardier, also of Kingsville. Okay. My name is Jenna Zinatelli and I'm in grade two and I'm seven. Hello, my name is Azadine, and my nickname is Ezo, and I'm in grade four, and I'm nine. A-V-A. So the final introduction there was from Ava, who handily spelled her name for us. Ava is four. You're also going to be hearing from her brother, Wyatt, who is six, but we didn't manage to get his introduction on tape. So then I asked them all, can you even remember now before the pandemic? He also had some interesting things to say about wearing masks. So, can you remember what it was like when you used to be able to go to school? Like without a mask or with a mask? Without a mask, like before all this started. Not really. <laughs> I, I do remember some stuff about like playing outside because we can't play basketball, we have to play soccer. Right. Do you want to explain why you can't play basketball? And you have to play soccer instead. It's because you can't touch the balls, and right. it's because then, because then you're like everybody's touching the same ball, and in soccer you're kicking the ball, so it's different. Right, right. And the goalies but, wear gloves. Do people look funny? You see, said they look funny. Do they look funny when they wear masks? Yeah, because they look like they have no mouth. Like they have no mouth. It's actually really weird when somebody's not wearing a mask. Right. Because you, you see their mouth. So you, <laughs> you can see their mouth, that's right. I don't like COVID because normally um, we don't have to wear a mask and it's really, really hard to wear a mask. So is that what's hard about the mask? Does it make you feel like uncomfortable? It, my ears yeah. are mm. hurt so much because my my one ear is so flexible, a mask can't even hold it. And the other ear 
holds it, but barely holds it. So like my hand is so tired of putting it back on, back on. That's why I like online so that we don't have to wear a mask. Right, right. Well, that sounds very exhausting putting your mask all the time on with your floppy ears. Do you have that same ear problem, Quinlan? It's like no. dog ears. I have dog ears. Oh, well, they're very pretty ears. So what's it like being at home all the time with your brother or your sister? How's that going? I think in this pandemic, it's really boring because I'm not allowed to play with my friends and not even my cousins. So so you're missing playing with your friends. Yeah. But what's it like having Ryan at home, having your sister at home all day? Isn't oh. that loads of fun? Um, no. <laughs> we mostly hurt each other. What do you do when you get bored? Because you must get bored sometimes, right? Everybody gets a bit bored at the moment. What do you do when you get bored to make yourself not bored? Play with toys. With Ava. Yeah, play with Ava. And when Ava says, no, I can't play with her, I'll just play with her anyway. You play with her anyway? You, like, force her to play? Mm -hmm. well, fair enough. Ava, what do you do when you get bored? Do you force Wyatt to play with you? No, I want you to go away. Did you, did you get, did you like it to start with? Was it fun to stay home to start with? Or was it always boring? Not always. Like when it first started, it was fun because we missed a lot of school. Yeah. Right. And you both liked that. Yep. So then I asked them, as well as being at home with their siblings, their parents were also at home mostly working or helping them with school. So what's it like being at home all the time with your parents? How's that working out? What do you think it's been like for your mum and dad? Well, for your mum especially, for you being home all this time. So what do you think? Do you think she likes it? No. Yes and no. Yes and Be no. Because, oh. yes, because she gets to see us. No, because of the noise. <laughs> Do you think grown-ups really understand how this has been really difficult for kids? Or are they all sort of tied um, up with how hard it is for them? I think they know that it's it's harder. It's like a, it's really hard for both all of us. Hmm. Because we have so much energy as kids. Yeah. And they have so much more work because we have energy. Yeah. Jenna... How's it been at home, like with your brother and your sister and your mom and your dad and everybody like at home? How's that been? Well, my dad's really not really at home because he has to like go do errands and stuff. Right, right. So when he's home, he just on the calls. Well, that's good. Do you ever help your mom with her computer? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what sort of things does she need help with? I know printing stuff and sending emails. There were, I have to say, numerous complaints about parents, which, in the spirit of jumping off the ivory tower, I think I should include. For example. Does mum let you have recess at home? No. God, she sounds like a monster, your mother. And she only lets Ava play the pet boss. Oh, dear. But maybe that's because she thinks you're so you're so big that you're you you'd be better at doing other things. 
No, I want to go to Peppa. I can take all the pets by myself. I, I need to go to Peppa so I can learn how to take care of pets. Good point. Good point. Are you thinking of going to law school? Are you going to be a lawyer? What are you going to be when you grow up? And everything. And everything. <laughs> Wyatt has many interests. We then turn to their experiences of online school, which were, well, mixed. To begin with, it was a bit of a novelty. Did you get, did you like it to start with? Was it fun to stay home to start with? Or was it always boring? Not always. Like when it first started, it was fun because we missed a lot of school. Yeah. Right. And you both liked that. Yep. But hang on a minute. Aren't you supposed to be doing school online? Yeah. Yes. We missed it because thankfully you came. Oh, that's right. We did our school, didn't we, to begin with? And that was okay. But now you're doing school online. So what's that like? Is that is that not working for you? You don't like it? I don't um, like it because every, most of the time I try to steal a show because it's on a screen. There is a lot less things you can do. Yeah. So what sorts of things can't you do that you miss that you could do at school? Well... I could, um, I could hear without glitches. Oh yeah, those glitches, they're really annoying. Jenna told me a story about an online class she was in, a music class, that turned out to have an unintended and rather upsetting consequence. When I was in a talent show with my music teacher, Miss Lee, I always have to go first for everything because we go in alphabetical order. Yes. And so, um, she told everybody to stay muted, so nobody clapped when I did it, because she told everybody to stay muted, because she didn't say that when when they're done, you can unmute. Oh, no, so you thought that nobody was clapping for you? No, then I was trying to do the rest of the music. And then, when, and then what happened when the other people went? Everybody else clapped for them. Oh, no. Because I started clapping for Ahana, then everybody started clapping for Ahana and everybody else. And then what happened when you when you when you were crying after and you you I, I told you to, to talk to your teacher about it. What did Miss Bree say? Miss Bree said it's because I told everybody to stay muted. Oh, that's right. That's right. And so everybody was probably dying to clap for you. They just couldn't you just couldn't hear them. But it felt funny, didn't it, doing that and having nobody clap. Should we clap now for you? Yay! Because, you know, some of us old people, we never could have imagined we'd have to be doing music classes on the computer. It's so weird. But for you, it's normal now, right? Yeah. Yeah. These conversations were recorded as Ontario was about to return to classroom schooling in March. Since then, of course, the kids have gone back to online school again because of the third wave in Ontario. So I asked the kids what they missed about being in school and what they were looking forward to about going back. Do you want to go back to school, Wyatt, or do you like being at home doing school? Go back to school. And what, why, why do you want to, what do you miss about going to school? Why do you want to go back to school? The play with the cooler cars they have. Oh. Because there's cool stuff to play with. 
Yeah. And they have animals and we don't. Oh, well, you have a dog. They have little toy animals. Oh, little toy animals. Right. Right. So what about your friends, Wyatt? Do you miss seeing your friends at school? Or is it mostly the little animals and the cars that you miss? The animals and the cars. You don't miss your friends? Well, I miss them too. You're going back to school on Monday, so are you excited? Yes and no. Yes. Okay. I don't know where all my stuff is. Oh, okay. Is that the no part? Yeah. I am mm -hmm. a lot happy because then I can see my friends. Right. I had a great time chatting with the kids about their pandemic experiences. But I decided I needed to include the more measured, reflective tone of Uma McAllister, who's 12 years old. My name is Uma and I'm 12 years old. So when you first heard uh, way back now, a year ago, about coronavirus, about COVID-19, can you remember what you thought then about it? Um, well, when we first heard that there was like a big pandemic everywhere, uh, <laughs> I think, honestly, I didn't think it was such a big deal at the time. I thought it was just going to be a little right. thing that maybe lasted for a couple months at most, but I really didn't think it was going to last for this long and it was going to kill so many people. And yeah, kill so many people and take kind of take over our lives, right? So yeah. it hasn't really turned out quite how, how we imagined it. I mean, do you think maybe it was a good thing we didn't know how long it was going to last? I think it would have been hard to imagine then that we would be doing this a year later. Yeah. And what's it like for you, Uma, doing school at home? I know you've been in and out of school uh, at different times, and I'm assuming you're going back to school on Monday, are you? Yes. Right. Uh, well, not not tomorrow, um, but the week after. I will. Right. Oh, right. Yes. Right. So, I mean, you know, I've, I've talked to lots of kids who have different feelings about this. Some who actually seem to really like doing school at home and some who hate it. <laughs> I don't know where you fall. What do you what do you think about it? Honestly, I don't have a problem with it. It's it's fine for me. I learn pretty much the same. Sometimes it's a little hard to follow some of the lessons, but I think it's pretty much the same. I think one of my um, main difficulties with doing it at home is just staying on task mostly because sometimes I just want to play video games with my friends or read or do something else other than paying attention to the work. Right. So it's a little hard to stay focused. Oh, I, I can, I can only imagine, you know, and thank you for being so honest. I mean, I think that must be really difficult because, you know, you can just switch your screen and do something different, right? Yeah. <laughs> but it sounds like, you know, it's not been that different for you in terms of, of you know, keeping up and learning the same way? No, for learning, it's been pretty much the same because most of the teachers that I've had so far for the year have done a lot of things by showing us videos anyway. Right. I think the only thing that's really different is that um, I guess uh, we're just learning on computers now, so it's just really easy to yeah. get distracted. But other than that, the learning is pretty much the same. You know, a lot of people have also told me that they think that teachers have got better. I mean, the first time the schools were out, I heard a lot of, of kids and parents complaining that the teachers didn't really know how to use an online environment. But it sounds like a lot of people have got a lot better at it. Has that happened with you? Uh, yeah, I've definitely, well, I've, I've definitely gotten better at typing quicker <laughs> over the past year for yeah. all the assignments that I had to do online. Yeah.
Yeah, and your teachers got better at teaching that way as well, I'm sure. Yeah. So, I mean, for, for someone, you're 12, Uma, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty challenging being an old person like me in lockdown, but I can't even imagine what it's like for you <laughs> at 12. So what do you think is the biggest challenge for, for kids of your age and for your, you and your friends? I think the biggest challenge is socializing, honestly, because mm. as much time as I spend with my friends playing video games online and stuff like that, it's a little bit harder to talk to each other and communicate to each, uh, with each other if we're really just hearing each other's voices while playing video games. It's hard to keep up with your friends and stuff like that. I mean, do you feel like, because I certainly have noticed this with my own friends, do you feel like your conversations are a bit different now? Like we're sort of out of the habit of having the kinds of conversations that we have when you're actually like looking into someone's face when you're sitting beside them? Yeah, it's definitely very different. We, I feel like we even speak in a different way than we did when we were sitting beside each other. Really? Tell me some more about that. That's fascinating. Uh, I'm, I'm not really sure how to describe it, but it's just like our conversations have become a little bit more fit to what the people at home hear. Right. So it's a little bit different interacting with my friends than it is with uh, my family at home. So when we're at home interacting with our friends, we kind of change our attitude a little bit. Oh, that's so interesting. Right, because they're not private conversations in the same way. Nope. Right. Yep, no, I can I can see that. And it and it just sort of starts to become a habit then, I mm -hmm. imagine. Yeah. I mean, what's that part of it been like for you, Uma? Because, you know, I've talked to some kids who have told me that, you know, the hardest part is having to be around their younger siblings all the time at home, but that's not your problem. But on the other hand, you know, you're, you are around your mom. So what's it, what's it like kind of being in the same place all day like that? I don't really mind hanging around my mom because I feel like I have a pretty good relationship with yeah. my mom and I hang yeah. out with her all the time. And she's pretty fun to be around, so I don't really have a problem with that. But I do think I would like to see my friends a little bit more than right. I do, because I do like to hang out with my friends as much as I like to stay inside, but of course. Of it's course. a little harder to do that. Well, but it sounds like, you know, you're certainly one of the lucky people that you, it's easy enough to hang out with your mom at home. I've also been told by some of the younger kids that their mums are all stricter now and they make them follow more rules. And you can see <laughs> that there's tension happening there as well. Yeah. So do you think that this year, which, you know, we obviously hope it's not going to be too much more than this year, but it's going to be months at least before, you know, anything is really normal again. Do you think that, you know, you're at this really important age where, you know, you're figuring out who you want to be and who you are and who your friends, you know, the people that you want to have as your friends. Do you think that this is going to have any sort of lasting effect or do you think that you'll just kind of go back to the way that it was before? Um, well, honestly, I don't think anything will go back to the way it was before. I think people are still mm -hmm. going to be in lots of uh, habits of doing things like maybe not running up to their friends and giving them hugs and stuff right. like that although that doesn't seem to be a problem for some of my friends <laughs> but yeah. I do think I do think when we uh, get out of this whole pandemic thing we are gonna be completely different towards each other and towards people we meet I feel mm -hmm. like we're gonna be more distant yeah I mean and you know it's also I wonder what it's like you know for someone at your age to be surrounded by, you know, what is it in effect, you know, nonstop news stories 
about people dying from yeah. the pandemic. I mean, it's it's a very it's a very dark time, you know. And I didn't have anything happen like that when I was your age, you know. So I just wonder what sort of effect that has as well. Yeah, uh, it's very interesting to be seeing the news because I actually don't watch the news too often, which I probably should more, but. The few times that I do see the news, I see all these numbers on, on the news about the deaths and everything, and I'm, I'm just sitting here in my old little world, and I'm not paying attention to the news, and it's kind mm. of like, I don't really understand what all of these other people are seeing who right. may have had people close to them who passed away because of COVID, yeah. and it's really just different for everybody, depending on where you are and who you see. Well, Uma, that... That, do you want to do you want to say anything else at this point? Is there anything else that you know you want to just talk about or mention that you think is important that we haven't said? I think one thing that's actually been a challenge, at least for my class in school, has been the fact that um, because of this whole pandemic thing, TDSB needs a lot more teachers because teachers are right. retiring yes. and they're getting jobs and stuff like that and a thing with my class has been that we've never actually had a constant teacher for more than two or three weeks oh gosh which is that very interesting really hard yeah we've Amazing. pretty much just been jumping to different parts of the curriculum every couple weeks and we've never had a consistent learning pace and that's because the, a lot of teachers have decided this is the moment that they'll stop teaching and retire. And so you've got gaps, I guess. Yeah, uh, I think it started when my first teacher suddenly left. I don't I don't really know where my teacher went. And mm -hmm. that's that's her own business. But um, other than her leaving, uh, just all of the other teachers that came. They, they came and then they left and then that was pretty mm -hmm. much it and we've we've pretty much learned the same science curriculum for the entire year so far because all our teachers don't know what we've learned so we've just been repeating what we've learned in some subjects I think the only uh, consistent uh, learning thing has been our French teacher because our French teacher hasn't has been the same from the beginning of the year till right. now and I think that's really good but the idea that you have a different teacher in so many of these subjects every couple of weeks, I mean, it makes it really hard for you to establish any kind of connection with that teacher or the teacher with you. When are they actually gonna stay with us? Yeah. I found Uma's reflections on the impact of the pandemic on kids like him going beyond how it affected him personally and starting to think already about some of the systemic or more lasting consequences of the last 15 months, really fascinating. But I'm gonna leave the last word on the COVID rules and what we've been told to do and not to do during the last year to Ryan. Her question here is, if we can go back to school with people who are not in our family, why can't we see you again? She calls me auntie. Wait, does that mean that we can see you when we go to school? Um, I think that we can start soon. I hope so, because I really miss seeing you guys. Yeah, because like you're in our family and they're not even in your family. I we can't see our family, but we can see our friends. I know you're pointing out some of the inconsistencies of the COVID uh, policy, which I think many adults listening will will relate to.
So uh, just as a reminder, Julie and I are joined on this special outro by Jennifer Mueller, who is a wonderful friend of ours, I think personally and professionally. She's a member of our advisory board and is a wonderful advocate for access to justice issues. But she also has a special take on uh, kids, as Julie mentioned in the intro. So we're going to, as usual, discuss some of the things that really stood out to us in these delightful conversations, Julie, that you had with all of these children. <laughs> Thanks, Dana. It's so nice to be with you again and have this chance to, to chat. What stood out to me was, as I was listening to the kids talk was the, the varying developmental perspectives that were so evident and how that links to their abilities to cope and to weather the storms of COVID over the last year and some months now. Yeah. Um, for the, the younger ones, they just don't have the ability to remember as well as the older children. And there, there comes with that, I guess, um, some sadness in a way and, and some helpfulness in the sense of helpfulness. They really don't have those memories of being free to socialize and engage in all the fun activities that their older counterparts can remember. And that might help them in some ways cope a little bit better mm -hmm. because they're not glimpsing back all the time about the things that they're missing. Mm -hmm. um, that being said, it is sad that they can't remember know, some yeah. more joyful times that can maybe help sail them through and carry them through in a hopeful yeah. Um, yeah. way. That and it was so sweet when they one of them said that they couldn't remember going to school without a mask on. Yeah. Like that yeah. was just the new normal now. Yeah. They couldn't reach back earlier. So uh -huh. I suppose in a way that makes it easier to accept wearing a mask from what right. you're saying. Right, absolutely. And yet they don't have that memory of being mask free and just being able to have the freedom of, of, of going out in the community with family and friends um, where those memories really can help us Look cope forward think about, yeah, yeah, yeah. Forward and thinking yeah. at some point, hopefully this will end. Mm -hmm. um, and yet even um, I was so impressed with Uma's comments about being reflective and, and contemplative about hmm, what kinds of things will stay with us right. um, mm -hmm. even after right. that pandemic. Right, right. And um, his, his suggestion that maybe, and I know we all as adults think about this, maybe things will never be quite normal again. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. he talked about maybe there would continue to be this feeling of kind of caution and distance mm -hmm. uh, that there might be more long-term effects on our relationships and obviously we don't know but I thought that was so interesting the way that he reflected on that and as you say Jennifer in a different developmental place that can mm -hmm. contrast before and after mm -hmm. unlike the little kids mm -hmm. very much so yeah Uma was so insightful um as we've talked you know about all of the things there's there's a number of other things that he mentioned as well but the the biggest thing for me um, because I think I was contrasting it with my own situation and, <laughs> and realizing what a difference there was when he talked about how his class hasn't had um, consistency in teachers for mm. more than two or three weeks at a time and how that has affected them and talking about you know having repeated the science curriculum like you know right. however many times <laughs> they're really good at that science curriculum now. <laughs> yes they'll, they'll really know that stuff yeah They've nailed um, it. yeah but it, it just spoke to me because for me my overriding sense especially around kind of um work which for 
you know, as for most of us is kind of, I guess, the single biggest chunk of my, of my life. It just, it hasn't changed for, you know, since March, 2020, it's, it's been the same working from home. Every day feels the same as the last every week, every month. Whereas these kids, I'm, you know, struck by thinking they've just been constantly adapting through this whole period between yes, having teachers shuffled around for various reasons, but also going back and forth between in and out of online school, school, in-person school, no school at all. And then the rules around, you know, what you can and can't do, who you can and can't see. And so it's no wonder that I forget which, which of them, Julie mentioned the kind of confusion about, well, how come I can go to school and see my friends right but i can't can't see you yes that 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 was ryan yeah Yeah. it was a good question and and i think you know that constant need to adapt it makes me wonder whether you know they're actually going to you know if you look at the bright side of this going to be exceptionally adaptive yeah individuals as well And, and jennifer i know you had you had some reflections on what this might mean for kids resilience overall Mm -hmm. as Mm -hmm. one of the messages well I think that just really jumps out is the resilience in children to be able to uh, manage and cope with with Mm. change and it's something that I certainly notice in in my work with children the remarkable resilience that's woven throughout the developmental ages and stages of 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 life for them that they're they're remarkably um able to be hopeful and think about the future and to think beyond the lines of how they're contained now, but what that might mean for the future and and how exciting it will be to see friends again. And also the creativity that I've evidenced with many children and how they've been able to stay connected with their their friend networks. Um, I I think we've all seen images, if not experienced, the birthday parties and the drive-bys and driveways and how families and children have come together to to really try to weather this in, in really positive and healthy ways. Yeah, and I think I think for me that resilience point is is a really important takeaway because the other thing that struck me was that I kept thinking, you know, if I was having these same conversations with adults, you know, how would they be going? And mm-hmm. there was no complaining about mm-hmm. the uncertainty. No. There was no, you know, we have to keep changing and adapting back and forth. I mean, they were very clear about the things they did and didn't like. Yeah. But that's not the same as it's sort of having an emotional reaction to the whole uncertainty. I was struck by how mm-hmm. each one of these individuals, mm-hmm. you know, nonetheless had, you know, they were they were putting one foot in front of the other. And yes, it seemed to not make sense some of the time, but they would adjust no matter yeah. what. Hi there, I'm Jordan Furlong, and this is In Other News. And this is, of course, our last segment of the season. This is the last podcast of the year. And looking back over the last 12 to 18 months, I think I probably speak for all of us when I say, don't let the door hit you on the way out. This has been a really difficult, really hard time for all of us. And I'm sure that you, like me, are very much looking forward to uh, the next normal, a better normal in the in the coming summer and in the months to come, and that hopefully we have turned the corner here in Canada and will continue to do so around the world in the pandemic. And so given that this is our last segment of the year and given that summer is now breaking out all over, I thought we might end the year with some maybe good news stories 
in terms of how the justice system is improving uh, here in Canada. First of all, if you will recall some of the uh, segments I did earlier this year, we talked about innovation sandboxes, these kind of innovation safe spaces that regulatory bodies in North America are putting together so that legal services can be provided safely by people who are not traditionally uh, authorized to provide such services. And uh, BC and Ontario over the course of this year have both approved such sandboxes and this week comes word of one of the first entities to be approved. And this is in British Columbia. It is an entity called Dementia Justice BC. And its job is to help unrepresented individuals who have dementia, as well as their families, who have become involved with a criminal justice system, to understand the system, to navigate it, to make your way through it. The services will provide advocacy support to people with dementia who enter the criminal justice system by, for example, writing letters to the Crown, correctional authorities, care homes, health authorities, custodians of health, all these kinds of issues. And I think this is a terrific initiative because it's a very niche area. Of course, people with dementia in the criminal justice system is a, is a very narrow focus, but it is a focus of extreme interest, of course, and importance to the people who are caught up into it. And that's one of the great things that a sandbox can do. It can encourage the establishment uh, and, and, the, and the growth of very narrowly focused entities that have chosen one particular aspect of the justice system that needs improvement and said, we're going to tackle this, we're going to make the best of this we possibly can. Also out in British Columbia, we have some other very cool news, a virtual family mediation project. It is a joint initiative, the Ministry of the, of the Attorney General in BC, uh, the provincial court there, a group called Access Pro Bono, and a technology startup called CASE, Q-A-S-E. And this new uh, project essentially offers online family mediations for low and modest income families who have become engaged or are engaged in the provincial court's early resolution process. Now, to qualify for services under this project, a person has to have filed for separation or divorce and to have an income of less than $60,000 a year. If so, then they are registered for a free mediation session and if the other party in the case agrees to take part, the mediation will proceed online and Access Pro Bono will also arrange for independent legal advice. And again, I think this is a tremendous initiative. Among other things, anything that helps people stay out of the court system needlessly to, to take a wide berth around a system which is simply not built for most individuals and certainly is not working out for family law cases of various kinds. So I'm really glad to see this. I hope it's an initiative that we will see more of in other provinces and territories across Canada over the course of time. I also want to talk about a great new initiative that the Canadian Bar Association uh, has come out with over the course of this past week. Now, the CBA, uh, to its great credit, has been taking issues regarding Indigenous law and, and Indigenous individuals within Canada quite seriously for a number of years. Uh, back in 2016, it established a Truth and Reconciliation Task Force, uh, which has its own website, by the way, online, and developed an accredited educational program called The Path, Your Journey Through Indigenous Canada. 
and the purpose of this program was to educate lawyers about the history of Indigenous settler relations in Canada and the awful legacy of the Indian residential school system, which we hear about, of course, every day. This month, the CBA is doing something I think kind of interesting. It's launching what's called a Truth and Reconciliation Toolkit. It is meant for law firms to use. It's a comprehensive list of templates, guides, and resources to help them in their reconciliation efforts. It deals with areas such as leadership and governance, learning, celebrating, and supporting Indigenous communities, talent management and students, and the law and legal traditions. And this is in a way not a surprise because the CBA, uh, of course, as I've mentioned, has been looking into these issues and acting on them for several years now. But the current president of the Canadian Bar Association is, uh, is an, an ind Indigenous individual as well, Brad Regair. I really hope I've pronounced his last name correctly. I fear I may not have. And, and, and that's just so important, right? Because you've got to have not just representation of individuals from across Canada, from every cultural background and, 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 and perspective, but we need to have people who have lived the lives and have trodden the paths that so many individuals across Canada have had to go through, people from marginalized communities, people from communities that have traditionally been subject to abuse or to discrimination. And these people have to be in a position to say, we are now undertaking roles of power, of authority, and we are helping everybody else to understand what we have gone through and to make sure, hopefully, that no one has to go through it again. And actually, by a bit of a coincidence, uh, the Nova Scotia Barrister Society this week also announced that its new president for the 2021-22 term will be Tuma Young, who is a member of the Eskasoni and Malagawatch First Nation. So when we talk about representation, we talk about how important it is for people who have had these experiences to be, I suppose you could say, the directors and, and the officers and the leaders of Canada's most important uh, legal organizations. And, and I guess to, to finish this segment off, maybe the best example of this also took place this week when we had the announcement of the newest justice to be nominated to the Supreme Court of Canada. And this is Justice Mahmoud Jamal. He will replace Justice Rosalie Abella uh, as of July 1st. And he is the first person of color who has ever been nominated to the Supreme Court. Now, on the one hand, this is quite frankly embarrassing and shameful that it has taken Canada this long when many other countries, uh, United States springs to mind, have taken this step well before we did. And it's just kind of ridiculous that it has taken this long. So I, I don't want to suggest that this is cause for great celebration because I, I do think it's reflective of how poorly we have addressed this issue in the past. All that having been said, I think it is really important that Justice Jamal is going to join the Supreme Court of Canada. Uh, if you know uh, of his record as a, as, as a lawyer, as a professor, as a judge, you'll know he is, of course, brilliant mind and is going to be an extraordinary judge on the court. But this is the other aspect we talk about when we speak of representation. It is so important for people across the country when they look at the presidents of associations and of bar societies, when they look at the Supreme Court of Canada, when they look into elected office and they see people who look like them, who come from their communities, and they say to themselves, that's more like it. 
That's, that is truly representative of democracy. And also for every kid, every young person, maybe in, in grade school or even high school, who thinks, eh, maybe I'd like to be a lawyer. Maybe I'd like to be a judge. And now they can look and say, it's been done. It's been done by someone who looks like me, who comes from my community, who comes from my tradition, and that just means the world. And I think that kind of message of hopefulness, that kind of positivity is exactly what we need as we head into the summer ahead. I wish you and your loved ones a terrific several months uh, and hopefully for the balance of the year. That has been In Other News, and this is Jordan Furlong. <laughs>